section fifteen part one chapter three continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez this librivox recording is in the public domain he could now live with some tracts of land over which to exercise his authority struggling again with the resistance of men and things besides the vast proportions of the rooms of the castle were very tempting and bare of furniture this opportunity for placing the overflow from his cellars plunged him again into buying with this atmosphere of lordly gloom the antiques would harmonize beautifully without that cry of protest which they always seem to make when placed in contact with the glaring white walls of modern habitations the historic residence required an endless outlay on that account it had changed owners so many times but he and the land understood each other beautifully so at the same time that he was filling the salons he was going to begin farming and stock raising in the extensive parks a reproduction in miniature of his enterprises in south america the property ought to be made self-supporting not that he had any fear of the expenses but he did not intend to lose money on the proposition the acquisition of the castle brought desnoyers a true friendship the chief advantage in the transaction he became acquainted with a neighbor senator lacour who twice had been minister of state and was now vegetating in the senate silent during its sessions but restless and voluble in the corridors in order to maintain his influence he was a prominent figure of the republican nobility an aristocrat of the new regime that had sprung from the agitations of the revolution just as the titled nobility had won their spurs in the crusades his great-grandfather had belonged to the convention his father had figured in the republic of eighteen forty eight he as the son of an exile who had died in banishment had when very young marched behind the grandiloquent figure of gambetta and always spoke in glowing terms of the master in the hope that some of his rays might be reflected on his disciple his son rene a pupil of the ecole centrale regarded his father as a rare old sport laughing a little at his romantic and humanitarian republicanism he nevertheless was counting much on that same official protection treasured by four generations of lacours dedicated to the service of the republic to assist him when he became an engineer don marcelo who used to look uneasily upon any new friendship fearing a demand for a loan gave himself up with enthusiasm to intimacy with this grand man the personage admired riches and recognized besides a certain genius in this millionaire from the other side of the sea accustomed to speaking of limitless pastures and immense herds their intercourse was more than the mere friendliness of a country neighborhood and continued on after their return to paris finally rene visited the home on the avenida victor hugo as though it were his own the only disappointments in desnoyers new life 
came from his children chichi irritated him because of the independence of her tastes she did not like antiques no matter how substantial and magnificent they might be much preferring the frivolities of the latest fashion she accepted all her father's gifts with great indifference before an exquisite blonde piece of lace centuries old picked up at auction she made a wry face saying i would much rather have had a new dress costing three hundred francs she and her brother were solidly opposed to everything old now that his daughter was already a woman he had confided her absolutely to the care of dona luisa but the former peoncito was not showing much respect for the advice and commands of the good-natured creole she had taken up roller skating with enthusiasm regarding it as the most elegant of diversions she would go every afternoon to the ice palace dona luisa chaperoning her although to do this she was obliged to give up accompanying her husband to his sails oh the hours of deadly weariness before that frozen oval ring watching the white circle of balancing human monkeys gliding by on runners to the sound of an organ her daughter would pass and repass before her tired eyes rosy from the exercise spirals of hair escaped from her hat streaming out behind the folds of her skirt swinging above her skates handsome athletic and amazonian with the rude health of a child who according to her father had been weaned on beefsteaks finally dona luisa rebelled against this troublesome vigilance preferring to accompany her husband on his hunt for underpriced riches chichi went to the skating rink with one of the dark-skinned maids passing the afternoons with her sporty friends of the new world together they ventilated their ideas under the glare of the easy life of paris freed from the scruples and conventions of their native land they all thought themselves older than they were delighting to discover in each other unsuspected charms the change from the other hemisphere had altered their sense of values some were even writing verses in french and desnoyers became alarmed giving free rein to his bad humor when chichi of evenings would bring forth as aphorisms that which she and her friends had been discussing as a summary of their readings and observations life is life and one must live i will marry the man i love no matter who he may be but the daughter's independence was as nothing compared to the worry which the other child gave the desnoyers ay that other one julio upon arriving in paris had changed the bent of his aspirations he no longer thought of becoming an engineer he wished to become an artist don marcelo objected in great consternation but finally yielded let it be painting the important thing was to have some regular profession the father while he considered property and wealth as sacred rights felt that no one should enjoy them who had not worked to acquire them recalling his apprenticeship as a wood-carver he began to hope that the artistic instincts which poverty had extinguished in him were perhaps reappearing in his son what if this lazy boy this lively genius hesitating before taking up his walk in life should turn out to be a famous painter after all so he agreed to all of julio's caprices the budding artist insisting that for his first efforts in drawing and coloring he needed a separate apartment 
where he could work with more freedom his father therefore established him near his home in the rue de la pompe in the former studio of a well-known foreign painter the workroom and its annexes were far too large for an amateur but the owner had died and desnoyers improved the opportunity offered by the heirs and bought at a remarkable bargain the entire plant pictures and furnishings dona luisa at first visited the studio daily like a good mother caring for the well-being of her son that he may work to better advantage taking off her gloves she emptied the brass trays filled with cigar stubs and dusted the furniture powdered with the ashes fallen from the pipes julio's visitors long-haired young men who spoke of things that she could not understand seemed to her rather careless in their manners later on she also met their women very lightly clad and was received with scowls by her son wasn't his mother ever going to let him work in peace so the poor lady starting out in the morning toward the rue de la pompe stopped midway and went instead to the church of saint honore des Lyaux. the father displayed more prudence a man of his years could not expect to mingle with the chums of a young artist in a few months time julio passed entire weeks without going to sleep under the paternal roof finally he installed himself permanently in his studio occasionally making a flying trip home that his family might know that he was still in existence some mornings desnoyers would arrive at the rue de la pompe in order to ask a few questions of the concierge it was ten o'clock the artist was sleeping upon returning at midday he learned that the heavy sleep still continued soon after lunch another visit to get better news it was two o'clock the young gentleman was just arising so the father would retire muttering stormily but when does this painter ever paint at first julio had tried to win renown with his brush believing that it would prove an easy task in true artist fashion he collected his friends around him south american boys with nothing to do but enjoy life scattering money ostentatiously so that everybody might know of their generosity with serene audacity the young canvas dauber undertook to paint portraits he loved good painting distinctive painting with the cloying sweetness of a romance that copied only the forms of women he had money a good studio his father was standing behind him ready to help why shouldn't he accomplish as much as many others who lacked his opportunities so he began his work by coloring a canvas entitled the dance of the hours a mere pretext for copying pretty girls and selecting buxom models those he would sketch at a mad speed filling in the outlines with blobs of multicolored paint and up to this point all went well then he would begin to vacillate remaining idle before the picture only to put it in the corner in hope of later inspiration it was the same way with his various studies of feminine heads finding that he was never able to finish anything he soon became resigned like one who pants with fatigue before an obstacle waiting for a providential interposition to save him the important thing was to be a painter even though he might not paint anything this afforded him the opportunity on the plea of lofty aestheticism of sending out cards of invitation and asking light women to his studio he lived during the night don marcelo upon investigating the artist's work could not contain his indignation 
every morning the two desnoyers were accustomed to greet the first hours of dawn the father leaping from his bed the son on his way home to his studio to throw himself upon his couch not to wait till midday the credulous dona luisa would invent the most absurd explanations to defend her son who could tell perhaps he had the habit of painting during the night utilizing it for original work men resort to so many devilish things desnoyers knew very well what these nocturnal gusts of genius were amounting to scandals in the restaurants of montmartre and scrimmages many scrimmages he and his gang who believed that at seven a full dress or tuxedo was indispensable were like a band of indians bringing to paris the wild customs of the plains champagne always made them quarrelsome so they broke and paid but their generosities were almost invariably followed by a scuffle no one could surpass julio in the quick slap and the ready card his father heard with a heavy heart the news brought him by some friends thinking to flatter his vanity his son was always victorious in these gentlemanly encounters he it was who always scratched the enemy's skin the painter knew more about fencing than art he was a champion with various weapons he could box and was even skilled in the favorite blows of the prize-fighters of the slums useless as a drone and as dangerous too fretted his father and yet in the back of his troubled mind fluttered an irresistible satisfaction an animal pride in the thought that this hare-brained terror was his own for a while he thought that he had hit upon a way of withdrawing his son from such an existence the relatives in berlin had visited the desnoyers in their castle of villeblanche with good-natured superiority karl von hartrott had appreciated the rich and rather absurd accumulations of his brother-in-law they were not bad he admitted that they gave a certain cachet to the home in paris and to the castle they smacked of the possessions of titled nobility but germany the comforts and luxuries in his country he just wished his brother-in-law to admire the way he lived and the noble friendships that embellished his opulence and so he insisted in his letters that the desnoyers family should return their visit this change of environment might tone julio down a little perhaps his ambition might waken on seeing the diligence of his cousins each with a career the frenchman had besides an underlying belief in the more corrupt influence of paris as compared with the purity of the customs in patriarchal germany they were there four months in a little while desnoyers felt ready to retreat each to his own kind he would never be able to understand such people exceedingly amiable with an abject amiability and evident desire to please but constantly blundering through a tactless desire to make their grandeur felt the high-toned friends of hartrott emphasized their love for france but it was the pious love that a weak and mischievous child inspires needing protection and they would accompany their affability with all manner of inopportune memories of the wars in which france had been conquered everything in germany a monument a railroad station a simple dining-room device instantly gave rise to glorious comparisons in france you do not have this of course you never saw anything like this in america don marcelo came away fatigued by so much condescension 
and his wife and daughter refused to be convinced that the elegance of berlin could be superior to paris chichi with audacious sacrilege scandalized her cousins by declaring that she could not abide the corseted officers with immovable monocle who bowed to the women with such automatic rigidity blending their gallantries with an air of superiority End of section fifteen recording by tony oliva albuquerque new mexico